Good evening, everyone. Man, this is a privilege to be at a, at a PM service. I hardly ever get to the PM service because in the morning services, I'm normally quite tired. And then a Sunday afternoon nap, nothing as nice as that, isn't it? Any, any hands, any takers of that? Love it. Yeah, I think we're getting old, eh? But uh, we'll take it from there. But tonight, we're actually going to end off our small and short, short and sweet finance let's say, series, if you will. And tonight we will be speaking about the power of provision. The power of provision. Now, who of you here, sitting here tonight, actually has a story where God has really provided for you in one way or another, yes or no? Give me some, all right. I want you to look around you. Keep your hands up. Look around, all right? The reason why we can celebrate moments like these is because God is alive, Okay? God is active in every single person's life, and this is the exact evidence that we needed, the fact that God will always provide. There's always stories that God will come through. One of the names that God goes by is Jehovah Jireh, meaning the Lord our provider, and we all know that so well. And I'm going to jump into the very first scripture, and we all know also the the story where God fed 5,000 people excluding the women and children, so they don't obviously count them in. But the story goes like this, and I'm, it's basically skipping where Jesus already preached to them, and then it goes into Matthew 14, verse 16 to 21, and it says, But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We only have five loaves here and two fish. And he said to them, Bring them here to me. And obviously God has already just challenging them, Jesus is already challenging them just on the basis of their faith, saying that you feed them. Obviously, he knew that it's impossible to feed them with five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish. And then he continues and says, then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to the heaven and said a, said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over, and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. So we're speaking about more or less 15,000 people that, that Jesus provided for that day with only five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish. Now here's the beauty of it. It says they had over, they all ate, and they were satisfied. Isn't it amazing how God's provision works that they all ate and they were satisfied. It's not, it's not giving us the context of what happened after that. Did they give it away? Or whatever. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that God gave more than enough for them, each of them. So the big idea here that, that, that's, that, that this scripture is speaking about is that God, God is able to take what we have and multiply it in greatly in order to accomplish His greater purposes. Let me repeat that. God is able to take what we have and multiply it greatly in order to accomplish His greater purposes. Okay, It's always referring back to God, His greater purposes. Not our own desires, not our own wants, His greater purposes. And then it says, the purpose behind provision is to serve a much greater purpose. The reason God provides for us is so that we can be we, we are blessed so that we can be a blessing. We're not blessed so that we can just have the times of our lives. That's not. There's a, there's, a, there's a department of that where we can have fun. There is things that we can enjoy in life, but He always blesses us so that we can be a blessing. 
See, the lens we, have to, we need to have in our lives is the lens of God owns everything. God is the owner of everything. I'm only merely a steward of God's money. That's all I do. I, I manage God's money. And when we view life like this, all of our choices are filtered through that lens. Every single one of them. Filtered through the lens of God owns everything. There's a scripture in Matthew 25, verse 23, and it says the following. It says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. And then this beautiful last part, enter into the joy of your master. See, here's the reality, is that money is the litmus test of our faithfulness. Money is the thing that tests our faithfulness. It says God uses it more than any other thing in your life to test faith. Any other thing. Not sickness, or you can call a lot of things. You can, look, you can use a lot of circumstances and, and, and situations that you may face, and all of them, 90% of the time, entail some sort of money that needs to go into it. Either money to pay the hospital bills, money to pay someone off, money to pay the debt that I've made. Almost all of the times, money is part of that, the, the context of how we are test, tested. But Here's, here's the reason. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why? Why is it the fact that money is the greatest test of all? Because the reason is simple. It's the thing we have the hardest time with if it comes to money. People are generous with, they can even be generous with time. They can be generous with, with giving things out, with giving old clothes. They can give, they can, you can give a lot of things. You can put a lot of things in that, in that segment. But the moment it comes to time, it's almost like people has a little bit of a, a barrier that comes up in, the, in those moments. See, the reality is if we would like to see someone's character deeply, touch their wallet. If you want to see someone's character come, come out, touch their wallet. There was this one test that one of the pastors did in the American churches where he actually said to the guys, okay, guys, we're getting to the tithes and offering time in the service, but we're going to do it a little bit different today. I want you to take out the guy's wallet next to you and give whatever you would like. Give, what would you give to the, people, to, to the church today if it wasn't your own money? If I had to give you all, let's say, 10 rand tonight, and I said to you, listen, there's going to there's gonna be a basket that comes around. All you need to do is just, just, just put it in there. You would, you would give it much easier than you would your own money, isn't it? Some of you might be like, no, this is, <laughs> no, no, this 10, 10 rand is coming home with me. I can get a, a few chippies at, at McDonald's. You can't get a whole one, but you can maybe get a few chippies. You can buy someone's chippies from them or whatever. But the reality is, we all know someone. Now, let's, 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 be, let's be real tonight. Can, can, can we be real just for one moment? We all know one of these following people that I'm going to mention tonight. We all know someone who, when it comes to paying at a restaurant, always has this, this almost like a, I don't know if it's like a jitterbug or something going through them. It's like, have you seen that before? It's like, now we need to pay. He knew from the beginning, sitting there, that he doesn't have his wallet with him. But the moment it came with paying, it's like, ah, uh, sure, I forgot my wallet. I forgot my wallet at, in my car, or I forgot my wallet at home. These days we can pay with these things, isn't it? 
Oh, but there's your phone, isn't it? Great, you can still pay. Okay, so there's, there's, there's more ways we can pay now, isn't it? You can, some of you can pay with your watch. It's amazing. I, I said to one of the, the guys the other day at, at one of the shops, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one day we, we tap our hands or tap our face or, you know, I don't know, what's, what, something, you're going to tap something, all right? But always, there's this one guy when it comes to paying at a restaurant, he always forgot his, he always forgot his wallet. Always. And then he's the guy that eats the fillet, isn't it? He's, he's the one that had like a super large milkshake times three, okay? Um, and then he's, he's, he's at the time of his life. You're basically maxing out your credit card to pay that bill in order for them to eat. Or we all know someone, the friend who tips badly, hmm, isn't it? When it comes to tipping, you almost don't want to, it's like, I almost want to leave earlier because I know when this guy's going to give his tip, it's going to be, it's not even 10%, okay? It's not even 10%. He's like, he's like, when it's 66 rand, he's giving 70 rand. You know that guy? He's just, he's just, he's just rounding it off. That's all he does. We all know someone like that. Yeah, let's relate. Let's for a moment, okay? Or the friend who always takes very long to pay back the money which is owed to you. Okay? It's that guy that you always need to SMS. Hey, when are you paying the money? Hey, so I, haven't, I haven't received the money back yet. Okay? When is he paying? All of us have a friend like that somewhere along the line. Maybe some of you are like, mm, I don't have friends like that. I don't know what friends you have, but, but that's the reality. But the fact of the matter is we can see someone's character. When it comes to money, and when it, when it's, when it, with regards to money, we can see someone's character. It always comes out in one way or another. I have this one friend that uh, he's always late for the braai. And we, will, we, we, would, we would arrange the braai long ahead of time. We would have a WhatsApp group. Everything will be ready. Um, and then we will say, like, listen, it's going to be like a pizza night, for example, and we're all just going to put 50 bucks in, and then it will cover all the pizza that we want to buy, and we're going to get, just get some drinks and so on. And in the beginning, I thought it was like a sincere, he was sincerely late, okay? He and, him and his wife came to the party sincerely late, and um, they ate, they enjoyed everything, and then they left early, and never paid, okay? So we all paid, obviously. So now I was like, okay, cool, I'll just pay for him. Don't worry, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll remember next time. He obviously didn't do that on purpose until it happened the seventh time. Then I was like, okay, this guy is doing it on pur- purpose. And it's, not, and it's not one of those cases where obviously he's, he's got a money issue. No, 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 no. It's not a money issue. It's not that he doesn't have money and that's why they don't pay. No, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's something that always comes out when we bride together, when we do things together. It's something that I just don't know. God hasn't worked in his life with, with regards to that matter yet. And, and I hope somewhere along the line, friends like that or people like that, yeah, I hope they have an encounter with God every now and then. Because that is the type of character that we see sometimes in people's lives is that it's so hard, it's so hard, they're just holding on, just holding on to it. Just can't give it away. Just can't bless someone. Just can't see someone succeed in life. But God gives us some advice in this regard. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. See, another lens we need is to seek 
first the kingdom of God, and then every other thing will be added on to you. The objective that this scripture is speaking of is that we will trust God with what, we, what He has entrusted to us. We will see God accomplish far more than we could in our own capacities. In trusting God, there is a great promise that we will have more than enough so that we can be generous at all times and in all ways. See, when God provides, He wants us to be generous. He wants us to go the extra mile. And I'll, and I, and I'll actually give us a, a proper Jewish principles. I'll give you all the Jewish principles in a, in a few seconds. But there's a few things that God has installed from the very beginning. And it's so interesting when you look at these principles, you see that God is not against us having lots of money. Not at all. He's not against that. He's against the abuse of money towards worldly pleasures and desires. It's normally the ones that, that, that has just bought a new car and just bought, living in a new house, for example, when it comes to just paying small things, they're the ones that, yeah, they can't, they can't now. They can't go out. They don't have budget left because they probably spent all of it on the car and the house, isn't it? See, the reality is that God is not against us having any of those things. He's just against when those money or that money goes for the abuse of worldly desires and worldly pleasures. And maybe that's something that you sitting there is struggling with yourself. And maybe it's something that every now and then we need to do introspection for. Because I love that moment that happened when the temple was, was being built, where the king of Israel at the time said, this is what I'm giving, what are you giving? He changed the, he changed the cards completely. This is what I'm giving. He, he literally gave all the things beforehand, and then he said, what are you adding to it? What are you adding to the temple that's being built, for example? He wasn't a king that says, bring your stuff, and then I'll add mine. No, no, no. Here's my stuff. This is what I will give. This is what I will commit, and then you can give yours. Because the, the scripture, Matthew 6, verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, that scripture for us is crucially important because we can go through introspection moments and you can see where your treasure is. Just look at people, what, what they spend money on. All of, most of the time it will reveal something that there's your treasure. That's, that's the exact moment. I sat with two, two friends of mine they were a newlywed couple, and at that time, I actually knew just before I, I did premarital with them, and just before they married and so on, I, exactly, I knew exactly what they earn monthly, and we went through the budgets. We, 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 we checked the budgets with them, and he said to me that because they had two paid-off car, cars, and they only had a house that they were paying at the time, and when we, when we started budgeting, I saw something weird within their budget, okay? So two paid-off cars, only the car to pay, obviously insurance, medical aid, pension, phone contracts. We can speak about all of those things. But the one thing that was on there was the 1,000 Rand at the time, DSTV, that he was paying, 1,000 Rand uncapped Wi-Fi at that time, and then, it was, then, when, then there was a 5,000 Rand budget. Now I'm talking about six years back, okay? A 5,000 Rand budget per month for food. And I was like, okay, wait, I just want to understand something here. What are you spending 5,000 Rand on? Okay? I just want to understand this. Just for one moment. What are you spending 5,000 Rand on? And then they started telling me that, no, 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 they get home, and then 
they go to checkers and they buy the food for the day and they go back home and they prepare it and they eat. I said, okay, well, well, what is the fridge for? What do you put in the fridge then? No, 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 there's like cool drink and maybe a tub of ice cream or something in the freezer and, and that's about it. The moment I started seeing what they are doing, I realized where the struggle is coming in because now they can't buy a new car because they're spending 5,000 Rand on food. They're spending 1,000 Rand on DSTV. They're spending 1,000 Rand on, on, on uncapped Wi-Fi. That's 7,000 Rand already. We haven't even touched the rest, okay, on three things because it was all about comfort. The joy of eating or the love of eating, and there's nothing wrong with eating, don't get me wrong, but 5,000 Rand, you can budget better. I promise you that. For two people, I'm not saying if you have 10 people living in your house, okay? That's, that's fair enough. But the reality is that I can see where, because you, and then I said, what do you eat then? Because even that amounts to a lot of money if you, if you start adding that up. And he was eating like fillet steak every night and, you know, and I was like, okay, that makes sense, all right? Now, we, now, now that amount makes sense. But the reality is that wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want to I I do something fun in, in naming a few of the, the Jewish principles and a few of the stats that Jews have today. And one of those stats are that Jews are 0.2% of the world's population, but they own 33% of its riches. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The Jews are 0.2% of the world's population, but they own 33% of the world's riches. That was the stats taken in 2009. I don't know what it is now. It can even be more, okay? But here's the principle that they live with, or the principles that they live with. They call it the jar principle, okay? They have four jars, and they start living like this at the age of six. I'll put the jars down, and I'll say what it is now. These jars represent something, okay? So every single Jew today lives on 50% of their income. Who of you can live on 50% of your income? Yes, they don't think so, okay? That's, that's quite tough, isn't it? And this economy, that's, that's like the toughest thing that you probably can do. But they start learning this on the age, at the age of six, okay? Here's what they learn. So if I had to give you 100 rand on the age of six, let's say that's your allowance, Here's what you would do. You would obviously take the 50 bucks out of it. That will be your living expenses. Just daily expenses, whatever you want to buy. If you want to buy a pint of Coke at you know, the Snoopy, then that's basically how it works. Okay, that's it. Then with the other 50 rand, it will look like this. 20% will go into investment. 20% into investment. 10% tithing. 10% save, and then 10% generosity. Okay, so what they will do is, let me make it simple. So that 50 bucks, just, just for the sake of the argument, think that this is a few 10, 10 rands and, 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 20, and a 20 rand. So what they would do with that 50 bucks, they would say, okay, cool, there's my 20% in investment. That could be like a pension fund, that could be a fixed deposit account, that could be whatever the case may be, but it must be an investment, so it's a long-term thing, okay? Put it in there. Then they would take the next 10%, and they would put it into the tithing. Non-negotiable. That's the 10%. 10% of 
Tithing. Oh, sorry. Tithing is your offerings. Okay, so basically 10% of your income that you give back. Good, good question. Not everyone knows that. That's a good question. Okay. 10% is your, is, is from your in- income goes to your local church. Okay, so whatever you, wherever you're involved, that's the, what, that, that is the way they live. Then the other 10% will go to saving. And the last 10% is what they call generosity, meaning it's a generosity fund. You can basically use that 10% for anything that anyone comes and knocks on your door saying, listen, I need food, or I don't have money this month, or if you want to buy your friend that didn't bring his food to school, for example, you want to bring, buy him a pie and a Coke, strong with doing that with 10 Rand, but just for the sake of the argument, um, they will take that and they will buy their friend something. So it's a generosity fund. They get taught to give away. Just give away. 10%, that's it. Don't think about it. Don't, you know, 10%. Just, that's it. Every month. Every single month, 10%, generosity fund, whoever asks them. 10% saving, 10% tithing, 20% investment. Can you imagine saving 30% of your income? Because I'm adding investment and saving in, in now. Can you imagine for, let's say, until you graduate, graduate high school, let's say for 12 years, whatever income you got, whether it was allowance, whether whatever that case may be, you saved 30% of your entire income. You've managed to live on the 50% every day for a month. And you've managed to give away and to give to your local church. That's a principle they live with. Okay? Here's what they also live with. Most of these kids, when they reach the time that they finish university and continued the JAR principle... They could basically buy their 50% of the house that they wanted to, to buy. Okay, so here's a, let, let me give you the backstory. So for any Jewish parents, they would invest 50% into the first house of their kids. Okay? So whether they're married or not yet, it doesn't make a difference. They will say, okay, cool. So if I'm buying a house of a million rand, here's your 500,000. Thanks. Great. I'll give you the 50%. There we go. All right, and then they just have to fund or, the, or to finance the other 50%. But majority of these Jews can already pay that other 50% of the house with a 30% saving that they've, already, that they've already accumulated at the time. So they start their lives debt-free. They already got the car when they were 18, okay? Got the car, now they can drive. Parents bought it for them. That's part of the principle. Let me break your brain. They have a principle that they live with. Leave an inheritance for your children's children. Leave an inheritance for your children's children. So every Jew is taught to leave an inheritance for their children's children. Can you imagine how many generations we would have been able to fund people that we would have been able to fund if every single person lived with this principle? Where did they get that principle? Proverbs 13, verse 21. It says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. I'm going to read it again. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Now, I don't know about you. Now, obviously, I'm not a Jew, okay? So I haven't lived with these principles ever, okay? But... I'm actually thinking of, of using this on my kids. 
If you can teach your kids to live on 50%, because you're already, you're already funding all of their things, okay? So they're eating at home, they're living, you know, the electricity is paid, the water is paid, the food is there, everything is sorted. But I'm actually thinking of establishing this in my household when I get kids one day. Because the reality is that if we are taught to live on so much less, man, can you imagine how generous we would have been in our own lives? You see, but here's what the world has done. The world has made it in such a way where there's always something new, isn't it? There's always a new phone. There's always a new watch. There's always a new car. There's always an upgrade, a facelift, or whatever you call it. There's always something new. And all the world is doing is keeping you on that leash con continuously. And what's happening? It's getting you to a space where you can't even afford the 10% to give to your local church. You can't even afford to, afford to be generous because the devil has been keeping you on a leash all along. See, the reality is that we will never get out of that endless cycle if we are not sensitive on how we spend our money. If we use... God's principles to live with on a day-to-day -day basis. This is not principles the Jews thought out. This is what God gave them. This is rules and principles that God gave them to live with. But the reality is like we live in a world where we always need a flashy watch. We always need new clothes. We always need a new car. And your car can't go above 100,000 kilometers. I, I grew up like that. My father always said like if that 100,000 mark comes up, sell it quickly. Just get rid of it, okay? But the reality is, man, we've been kept on a leash all this time because there's always something new, something better, something fresh out there that we just so dearly need. We just can't live without it. Have you seen every single advertisement ever? You just can't live without it. You need this thing. I, I laughed so hard when I uh, watched one of the Budweiser's uh, Budweiser's uh, uh, advertisements. And there's, I have this beautiful story of a puppy running away from home and then all of a sudden, you know, a lady picks him up and this guy is single, this lady happens to be single and they meet one another and there was just love. And they don't even sell the beer, they sell friendship, they sell relationship. That's all they do. It's the reality. Life does that with us. How much better would you be off if you had a fortuner? I mean, you can drive off-road, you can enjoy your life, and they have this always the surfboards on the, like on the roof. You live in Pretoria, but you love, the, you love the surfboard idea, okay? This is great. I thought to myself, I'm just going to buy myself a surfboard just for the look, okay? And you all need a roof box, and if it doesn't say too late, don't come here with your, <laughs> your cheap stuff, okay? It's too late or nothing, all right? That's the thing. That's what it sells. You can get like 600 other roof boxes for 50% less, but it has to say too late because we love the brand, isn't it? I just laughed so hard at one of the pastors at my previous church. He had a, he had a, a, um, a Pringle shirt on the one day, and he had, he had a meeting with, with a couple in the church, and they, they kept on looking at the shirt. And he was like, is there something on my shirt? Did I miss something or whatever? And it's like, Yeah. The church is paying well, eh? Pringle. Hmm. 
What's that, like three months salary for me, isn't it? But here's the reality. He got it as a gift, <laughs> okay? But isn't that the way we are, we are, we are made to think? We, we, we idolize things. We want these things because if we don't have it, we're not happy. Maybe you're sitting there tonight and you're thinking by yourself, listen, you've, you are speaking to me. I want to ask you a few questions and I want to ask the piano, pian, what do you call it, pianist? That sounds very bad, but piano person, singing person, the key person, the key, thanks so much. What do you call them? A pianist, okay. I thought I'm swearing here. Come on. Okay, all right. But I want to ask you a few questions tonight. My first question that I want to ask you, because this could be a problem in your life. My first question is, is finances on your mind constantly? When you go to sleep, when you wake up, are you on your F&B app, APSA app, Capitec app, whatever the Standard Bank app, Time app, what, I don't even know what new banks there is, but are you on the app constantly, every single morning, just checking if there's extra money that came in somehow? Or you're trying to manage your money, or maybe, maybe you're waiting for your e-bucks to come in because you want to buy something with it, for example. Is finances on your mind constantly? Because I want to tell you tonight that that may not be the best thing for you. That might be something that you're idolizing in your life. The second question I want to ask you tonight is that, are you struggling to manage your finances? Because one of the principles that we teach in, in premarital is that just the reality of paying but not above your means. Most people spend more than they earn. Most people. They just live gradually into their credit card more and more and more every single month. And I'm asking you tonight is that are you struggling to manage your finances? Is it something that you maybe think about on a day-to-day -day basis? Are you currently hoping and praying for more finances? Because if that's you as well, that's, that's relevant. If you are hoping and praying for more finances, I want you to lay that down before God tonight. I remember every single time that I was, that I was really going through a tough time where I really needed finances. God has never dropped me. Not even once. He's always came through. But he only came through when I surrendered to myself. Surrendered myself to God. When I kept on, it is so easy when we see, when you, when you open your app, your app, banking app, and it says you, you qualify for this amount of personal loan. You qualify for this. You qualify for this. And just selling it to us. And it's so easy in this day and age, just click on it. Because there's money. If, I, if, I'm in a, if I'm a little bit in a pickle, I'll just click on it and I'll loan a, a, a bunch of money. Then I can't necessarily afford to pay it back, but I'm just going just gonna to keep on going to that trail and hope that the next, month, the next month's income will look better than maybe this month did. Last question I want to ask you is that, are you currently using your money for your own wants and desires that you maybe need to repent of. And I'm not saying buying new, new things is a sin. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying when it becomes such an idol in your life that you can't live without that thing. 
I needed to ask myself the question so many times, and especially in COVID times. Please don't drop me tonight, okay? But this watch is a watch my father gave me. It's a tag you were. It cost 24,000 rand when I bought it brand new. But my father bought it. I didn't buy it, okay? Let's just make that very clear. But I had to ask myself the question in the middle of COVID when it was going financially rough, would I be willing to sacrifice this for the sake of my family, for the sake of my, my wife and my two dogs? I don't have kids yet. But would I be willing to sacrifice this, sell this if the need was on the table to feed my family? Or would this be too much of an, of an idol for me? Now, obviously, I'm not going to get 24,000 rand for it. That's not what it goes, uh, goes for secondhand. But the, but the fact of the matter, matter is, is will, I be, will I be willing to sell it? Think about your car that you maybe dearly love. Would you be willing to sell it if the stuff gets going in your life? I'm not saying when obviously the bank needed to come and fetch the car. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when it gets rough, but you, you are at that point where you can actually sell things if you needed to in order to survive. I want you, I want you, to, I want you to ask yourself that question tonight. If the, you were in a situation, what is that one thing that you wouldn't sell if the going was getting rough? And maybe that is the one thing that you might be idolizing. Because I'll tell you tonight, I'll sell this any day if it meant that I can provide for my family. Any day. Wouldn't even care. What are you idolizing? What is that one thing that you kept on seeking for, searching online? Every time you're online, that's the thing you're searching. Whether it is a house, whether it is a new car, whatever the case may be, I want to ask you tonight, to do some introspection while we well while the music just plays in the background what is the one thing that you are putting above God in your relationship with God and what are you thinking that God what areas are you thinking that God doesn't cannot provide for you in that area and you maybe block yourself in that area let's take a moment
Lord, tonight we just want to pray and we want to just come and repent if there's anything in our lives that we are placing above you, Lord. If there's areas in our lives, Lord, that we think you cannot provide for us in that area, or maybe we don't trust in your provision, Lord, we want to lay that down tonight. Lord, we also pray that, Lord, make us better stewards of your finances and your money, Lord. Help us to manage better. Help us to live with the principles that you've put out long before we were even born. Lord, help us to be stewards of our finances that will honor you in all we do. May our lives be honoring to you, Lord. Lord, may we not make stupid excuses for why we can't do certain things, Lord, but may we put our faith where it matters the most. Lord, we just honor you for these moments, Lord, where we can speak joyfully about this and know that you are in control and we are not. And therefore, we surrender our lives to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.